You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's going on, everybody? RJ Ochoa here from SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. Hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and that you have a fun weekend in store. Hopefully, you get whatever you need to get done done. Hopefully, you have a good time. Maybe you get a chance to relax, watch some movies, TV, whatever it is. We hope you have a great time. Uh, we have a new episode of BTB Radio available for you today. On Friday, I jumped on with two great stations, two of our different friends at Blogging the Boys. Uh, the first was ESPN Fox Sports Central Texas. Jumped on with my boys Q and Steven Simcox. We talked about a variety of things when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys, as we always do. Of course, the new helmet rule came up. Uh, later in the day, jumped on with ESPN San Antonio on the Blitz, as I do as well every Friday, with James Pledger and Jack Thompson. Great times talking to all of these guys on Friday afternoon. We put them both here in nice, one, neat, and compact episode for you. First up, we've got ESPN Fox Sports Central Texas Q and Steven Simcox. After that, we'll roll right into James Pledger and Jack Thompson on ESPN San Antonio's The Blitz. Enjoy, everybody. We'll see you next week. And RJ Choa joins us now on the phone lines to talk all things Dallas Cowboys and also some scatter shoot with a little bit of NFL news. And RJ, that's where I'll start is with the NFL. They they said that they're going to shop the scouting combine. It's going to go from Indy to, well, wherever. Some uh, organizations, some uh, stadiums, cities, they have an opportunity to, to bid on the, the combine that's been in Indy for the longest. And that's not going to start until 2023. But um, do you think Jerry Jones has got his bid in already? If he doesn't, um, I mean, they, they're taking it off the you know printing machine or whatever the case may be. I would be, I wouldn't be shocked if this whole move wasn't led by Jerry Jones. I think, you know, he Jerry already, you know, I, I think Jerry likes the fact that the Cowboys are the only team that plays on Thanksgiving afternoon every year. And so the Colts said, "Hey, we're the only team that gets to host the combine." He said, "Well, that's not fair." And so uh, Jerry wants to make money off of everything. But I think this would be cool. I think, you know, we're like we're now no longer at a day and age where the combine has to be in the middle of the country every year. All right, RJ, let's dig into some real like football nerd stuff here. We we found out yesterday the one helmet rules going away, which means Cowboys can use that alternate helmet. So when the Cowboys play Q's Raiders, are we are we gonna see that great white helmet <laughs> with the blue star on it for Thanksgiving? You know, I don't think it will happen this year because I think the rule, uh, like you have, you have to submit a change this year for next year. Yeah. But I, I certainly believe that they will be wearing them again in 2022. Uh, very excited about this. Obviously, for the Thanksgiving game, the, the Thanksgiving game has felt awkward when they wear navy jerseys, and it felt okay when they wear color rush. Uh, I'm really excited for a lot of the teams here. I would love to see the Eagles wear the Kelly green again. Uh, I would love to see the Buffalo Bills go with the 90s look with the red helmets. Uh, I would love to see the Tennessee Titans rock the Houston Oilers jerseys. I would love to see the Denver Broncos in the light blue old school you know, uniforms. And I kind of want to see some new ones. Like I, Lately, I, I kind of want to see a blue Colts helmet with a white horseshoe. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> now, it's funny because I, you know, I saw that and I thought, oh, that's cool, whatever. You know, but the more I've been hearing a lot of different fans talk about it and, and even hearing you talk about it, RJ, it's starting to, you know, it's starting to 
kind of kind of intrigued me a little bit. I haven't gone 100% on board with it yet, but it's starting to intrigue me. So uh, as far as the team goes, RJ, we were talking, and matter of fact, I, I said yesterday on the show that I would not be shocked at all that week one, the Cowboys go to Tampa Bay and win that game. One, because they always play the tough games. They always play them really, really close, and they have an opportunity to win. But two, and more importantly, Tampa Bay is going to celebrate that Super Bowl championship before the game kicks off, and they're going to be on a kind of a little bit of hangover or, you know, the emotions are going to be flowing from from winning the ring. I feel like that's a perfect opportunity for the Cowboys to steal one, but a lot of a lot of fans thought I was crazy, and they're like, "There's I don't know what you're on. So am I way off my mark saying that, or what are your thoughts on that? I don't think that's crazy at all. I think you're right. Like the Cowboys kind of have a propensity to get up for these big games. And then they, you know, they drop the ball in these games that they should win rather easily. Um, and they've won in this slot before. Actually, the last season uh, that throwback uniforms were allowed in 2012, they went to New York uh, and played the Giants in the season opener and, and beat them when they raised their banner. That game took place on a Wednesday. So it was really different. Um, and, and I think, you know, there's a lot to the DAC effect. I think, you know, and everybody talks about Tampa Bay and is obviously, you know, rightfully hyping them up and how they returned every starter on offense and defense. But it's not talked about as much that the Cowboys are also technically returning every offensive starter. Now, Lyle Collins didn't start in week one, but all 11 of their offensive starters were the intended offensive starters in week one last season. Lyle got hurt, Blake Jarwin got hurt, and obviously Dak would go on to get hurt and Tyron. But, uh, the Cowboys are basically bringing back the entire group. So it makes sense that their offense will have a lot of success. I know that the Chiefs got stifled against them in the Super Bowl, but I, I certainly think that the Cowboys have every opportunity to go in there and win and start off 1-0, and, and then the hype will really start about how the Cowboys beat the world champion Buccaneers and Tom Brady. They've never beaten him, so it has to happen one way or another. RJ, Q and I were talking earlier in the show about how you know we both feel like this team should win the NFC East. They should be the favorites kind of going into the season. How would you sort of handicap or power rank the NFC East right now as we sit in the middle of the offseason? You know, I'm with you guys. Like, I find the idea, and maybe I'm just a homer, but, like, I find the idea that anybody believes in Washington to be hilarious. I right. mean, I, I really do. Like, I, I, I don't get it. Um, I mean, they, they won seven games last year. They got swept by the Giants. Like, they were really, really, really bad. They just were less bad than everybody else. And so, uh, but that being said, I do think that, obviously, their defense is really strong. I, I just don't believe in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like, I, I don't I'm, – I'm almost at a point – the Cowboys are first by a clear mile. I'm almost – I don't think the Eagles are the disaster that a lot of, like, Eagles fans think they are. Um, and I somewhat believe in Jalen Hurts, and so I think that the Eagles can contend. I think the Giants are terrible. I think that the only team in the whole NFC that I am 100% confident will be worse than the Giants is the Detroit Lions. And so I think it goes Cowboys. And then I almost think Washington and Philly are a bit of a push, but for, for now I'll put Washington ahead of them. And then there's a little bit more of a gap and the Giants are uh, kind of pulling up the end. RJ, we just got a text from our guy Leon on our CNC Collision Center text line, and he says that he believes Washington is the favorite in the NFC East because he believes in the head coach Ron Rivera more than he believes in head coach Mike McCarthy. See, like, this is such a silly – Leon's a good Leon's good guy, good, good person. Leon, hope you have a great weekend. Uh, but this idea is so far-fetched to me. Like, people, look, Ron Rivera as a person is incredible. And the personal trials and tribulations that he went through last season, there's nothing that, you know, you can do that would overcompliment him. He, he deserves every kudos in that sense. But 
I mean, his football teams have largely underachieved. You know, people remember the Seattle Seahawks that won the division with a 7-9 record. The last team before Washington last year to win their division with a below 500 record was Ron Rivera's Carolina Panthers. Like, he is the, the, the last two divisions that have been won with a below 500 record have been won by his teams. And, like, I mean, I don't want to, like, say that I think he's trash or anything, but that some of the legitimate successes he's had have been a result of some incredible luck that his division just happened to be so terrible. Um, I just, I mean, he's a, a stable voice, which is something that organization has sorely been in need of for a long time. And so he improves them in that sense, but I just don't, I don't buy it. I don't believe in it. And I know Mike McCarthy had a, a, obviously a year that demands a, a lot of questions be answered, but I mean, he still is a coach who's had an incredible amount of more success related to, you know, what Ron Rivera ever did. People love to point out, well, yeah, Mike McCarthy had Aaron Rodgers, and that's true. But Ron Rivera had the greatest season that we might have ever seen from a quarterback in 2015, Cam Newton, and still, you know, managed to not win the Super Bowl himself. So, I, I mean, I think they're comparable at the very least, but I have no idea how anyone Rivera had in McCarthy. We're talking with RJ Ochoa from Blogging the Boys here on Unnecessary Roughness, ESPN and Fox Sports Central Texas. RJ, are, are there any late-round picks or undrafted guys that you think are going to pop here in, in, in training camp in a couple weeks or that you have your eye on? He's not a late-round pick. Uh, and shout-out to my great friend, football visionary, and overall handsome person, Q, who was really on the Deshaun Wright train before anybody else. I've come around so much on that pick, and I really do think he's going to make – I don't want to say like a difference for the Cowboys. Like I don't want people to think like, Oh, he's going to like walk away with like four interceptions, but I do think he's going to really add a legitimate line of depth to this cornerback position, which is sorely needed. And again, that's a third round pick. So a bit of a cheat there, but I mean, Kelvin Joseph, I think is going to be really good, but when it's Sean Wright, you know, generally the Cowboys, whenever they do draft multiple corners, the second one always ends up being a little bit better than the first. And you know, it happened with Orlando Skandrick happened with Jordan Lewis. I mean, so, I'm really, really, really pumped about Nishan Wright, and I'm glad to say that I uh, I was proven wrong in my initial reaction. Nice. Hey, look, everyone comes around once in a while, so uh, you know, <laughs> you know, a broken clock is tri- is right twice a day. So you know, I'm I'm okay with that one. I, I like that, RJ. That's a that's a good one, and that's a guy I got my eye on, and and think he could be. You know, potential again. The potential's there. He's got to go execute it, but the potential is there, in my opinion. I got to ask you about. Uh, a, a position that you may think is the weak link of the Cowboys right now. If, if you had to look at it on paper and say who would be the weakest link, you know, position, not player, but just position, what would you say it was? I mean, it's safety. It's, it's always safety, and it's, it's always going to be safety. I think you could kind of stretch that to the secondary as a whole, really, um, in terms of reliable players, like as much faith as now I have in the Sean Wright. They have Trayvon Diggs. That's it. Like that's the only safety that there is legitimate or that there should be legitimate belief in. A lot of people are really pumped about Donovan Wilson at safety. And I mean, I say this as a fight in Texas Aggie. I, I don't get that to the same degree. I know he played well at times last year. Um, but I mean, the Cowboys have relied on sixth round picks at that position before. Like you're, you're going to get what you paid for most of the time when it comes to that. And so their secondary is really bad. And I think maybe not really bad, but their secondary is really delicate. And right. it's, if things don't go perfectly for them, that could fall apart really fast, and then their defense could be kind of chasing their tail like we've seen a lot of times. 
Yeah, it's going to be a, a really, really big question. Talking right now with RJ Ochoa from Blogging the Boys here on Unnecessary Roughness, ESPN and Fox Sports Central Texas. And uh, as far as just Dan Quinn and and the optimism that's behind him because he is, a, you know, the new defensive coordinator, and everyone always likes the, the new, you know, okay, the new guy is going to come in and, uh, you know, fix things quick, fast, in a hurry. What part of, you, of the defense for Dan Quinn do you think will be the first to be really good, you know, the, 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 the area of expertise where you think he'll excel at the most and, and the soonest. Well, Barney Stinson did always say that new is always better. So you're right. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's the linebacker group. And a lot of that is the talent, right? Like the fact that they brought in, or they drafted Micah Parsons and Jabril Cox. They brought in Keanu Neal and um, that Leighton Vander Esch will be healthy to start the season. And Jalen Smith is kind of whatever, but I think that, I mean, that has been, and, and some of it too is like they have the, you know, the lowest floor right now. Like the, our expectations of them are so unbelievably low that even like mild success would feel incredible there. Um, and so I think it's there. And I think a lot of it is that that was the group that most generally most, most often out of position under Mike Nolan. And so I think the Dan Quinn scheme, which everybody seems to uh, be a bigger fan of, obviously, than Mike Nolan is, is what, you know, will settle them. Uh, but, but outside of that, again, the talent is just so much more uh, populated than it was a different in the past. And RJ, before we let you go, is there anything that the Cowboys need to do between now and the beginning of training camp that you need to, you know, they, they may have to tweak the roster a little bit or, or just anything that you're looking at that would be beneficial for them before they head to training camp? Yeah, it's kind of a popular answer, so I'm not exactly a hipster or anything, but um, I do think they have to figure out their backup quarterback situation. Okay. And, I mean, you know, you, you look at it, and if Dak Prescott gets hurt, like, you know, season's generally over no matter what. But, I mean, if if they have regressed at any one spot on their roster from last year to this year, it's at that spot because, you know, I'm not trying to say Andy Dalton was amazing, but Andy Dalton was kind of what you expect your backup quarterback to be if all of a sudden he has to carry your team. Um, and the Cowboys don't have anybody on their roster behind back Prescott that can do that right now. Garrett Gilbert's fine. Ben DiNucci, maybe he progresses through a real training camp and preseason period. And obviously Cooper Rush is still there. But, I mean, they, they don't really have that. And a lot of teams don't, I mean, but they don't have anyone that I think we would all be comfortable with if he had to play legitimate time. Like we kind of, oh, with Andy Dalton last year. Right. Absolutely. Well, great stuff as always. RJ Ochoa blogging the boys on Twitter at RJ Ochoa. What you got coming out on the website, blogging the boys and, and, and the podcast that you guys got going on. What, what do you got coming out? We're doing a positional breakdown on our YouTube channel, breaking down every position uh, ahead of training camp. We did quarterbacks earlier this week. We're doing defensive ends. Uh, later on on Friday. So we're just kind of rolling through all the different positions and kind of highlighting where the Cowboys improved, where they might still be weak, uh, and kind of, you know, getting ready for Oxnard. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be here before we know it. And before I let you go, Leon chimed back in on the CNC Collision Center text line and said, tell him I'll be telling him I told you so when it's that time. And believe me, RJ, Leon's the guy that will chime in and say, I told you so whenever he feels like he's right. So just letting you know that's coming down the pipeline if, in fact, it happens. We'll see what happens, Leon, but I hope you and everybody else <laughs> have a great weekend, no matter what. Whoever's right, whoever's wrong. There you go. RJ, thanks so much, man. Have a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. You too, guys. Talk to you next week. Welcome back into the Blitz right here on 1250 ESPN San Antonio, 94.5 FM, and we are on the go at ESPNSA.com. It is 5.15 on a Friday. We are bringing in... Well, it's a it's a combination <laughs> of sorts. It's the old Saturday morning yep. hangover and the new. Our original Rock the Mic champ and the editor for Blogging the Boys. You can follow him on Twitter at RJ Ochoa. RJ, how you doing, my man? 
I'm doing great. It's great to be with you guys. Great to see your bright, shiny faces. Always a good time <laughs> to talk to. A lot of people go by JT, like Justin Timberlake, Justin yeah. Thomas. The the true JT is Jack Thompson, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. <laughs> no uh, lies. So, no lies detected. Yeah, great to be with y'all. Now, RJ, this uh, I want to get into the Cowboys, but first I want to talk about a personal record of your own. You are coming for me on the golf course, my man. You shot a personal best 38 last week on uh, one of was, the nines out there? Yeah, it was this week. It was on Tuesday uh, here at the Santa. We have uh, we have a property league, and we play our rounds on Wednesdays. And so on Tuesday, my dad and I went out just like, hey, let's go play nine holes. Uh, shot a 38. Uh, I bogeyed number one. I missed a close par putt, and I was I was thinking like, man, it's gonna be a rough round. Uh, part two, part three, um, and then bogey number four, and I was thinking like, man, like you know, I'm too over, whatever, you know, I'll see how this kind of works out. Uh, part number five, it's really long par five or, or par four, and then part number six got up and down out of a little uh, not bunker but little inside kind of mm-hmm. wedge area. And then I birdied the long par five number seven, which brought me back in it. I bogeyed number eight, and I was thinking, like, hey, if I end this thing, you know, two over, um, you know, or three over, because I was thinking, like, I'll I'll bogey number nine. But I parred number nine to to shoot a 38. Nice. nice. That's awesome. That is incredible. I I can't wait to get back on the course. How bad did you want to play the back? Um, that day, not really that bad, to be honest, because I knew, like, <laughs> I, I knew, the like, were coming off at some point, yeah, like, like, I was, I was flying way too close to the sun, oh, I man. knew, like, you know, I've got to cash out at this point, I was really nervous for the next day, for Wednesday, because uh, we were playing the front nine in our, you know, in our property league, and so yeah. I thought, like, surely I'm going to just fall apart <laughs> after I shot this 38, 38. Uh, oh, but I, I shot a 40, um, and That's I had good. Never, I had never done this before. We we offer a skin in the league where if you make a par out of a hazard, that is a skin. Mm-hmm. And I did that twice. Oh, I went in the water twice easy. and still parred. Two so skins. Nice. Yeah. No Man, you are living the Killer. good life down there, my friend. I mean, you know, hey, it is what it is. Uh, you know, you shoot a 38, you get to jump on the blitz with Pledge and JT. <laughs> and and that's, that's really what people call it. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the prize. As we look forward with the Dallas Cowboys, and I don't think there's anybody on that team that can touch your 38, so I think you're safe. If you want to take any out of them out on the course and take their money, you probably should while you're in Oxnard if you get the time. But as we move closer to Oxnard, what what is it that we should be looking for with this Cowboys team? Because I know the easy answer is defense. We're looking for the defense to play better because yes. as long for as the, the offensive line's healthy, please. as long as Dak is healthy, this team is built to win, and, and you expect them to be so. The thing that has been the Achilles heel holding them back has been the defense, but the defense is so generic. Where, where does Dan Quinn need to focus? Yeah, honestly, I think I don't want to see any like cute things in Oxnard. I don't want to see, um, you know, like when Sanjay Damn, Law. I'm not gonna had go the, then. Uh, I mean, like I don't want like Sanjay Law had the receivers carrying bricks that one year. <laughs> yeah, uh, I remember that. that. Oh you know, like uh, the, the you can catch a brick, used, you can catch a ball. Yeah. <laughs> the Titans used to do drills where they would like dunk their head in water and jump up and try to catch passes. Like my point is, like I don't want to see. 
anything <clears throat> that that is of like of the cheeky variety yeah. when it comes to Dan Quinn. Like I really just want basic, diluted defense, normal, yeah. straight to the point. Like that's what I think that they're really lacking, and that's where they've been lacking for a long time. And I, I at this point, like you've you've had enough fireworks, you've had enough pomp and circumstance. Just show up and just practice and get better because you have a lot to do just in that capacity. Is there any concern with number one overall pick, Micah Concern, uh, Micah Parsons, and the fact that they seem to be kind of putting a lot on his plate, or at least it, it, it from reports, they're playing him at multiple positions. They're they're he's not beholden to a singular spot. They're rushing him. They're dropping him. They're they're doing a bunch of different things with Micah. Are is there concern with the issues of communication and knowing your responsibilities with last year's defense that putting that much on a rookie could backfire? I mean, um, the last time they did it, it worked out. You know, in 2018 with Leighton Vanderesh. Uh, to be fair, I mean, so mm-hmm. you know, although that was kind of rare. Obviously, although Leighton wasn't even the best linebacker in the NFL, you know, not even the best rookie linebacker in the NFL in, in Darius Leonard up in Indianapolis. And so, I mean, I think – I don't know if I think there's concern as much as there's, like, the opposite of that. Like, I think it's exciting because, like, Mike, like, I get your point. Like, it's concerning that they would put this much on a rookie's plate, whatever. But, like, at this point, like, get it all off of Leighton and Jalen's plate. You know what I mean? Yes, like, please. So the, the, the fact that Micah <laughs> is literally, like, anybody else represents, like, a sense of hope in and of itself. Um, and so, yeah, I don't think, um, it doesn't trouble me as much as it does like excite me for the, because it is such an unknown, like we know what Jalen and Leighton are. And so yeah. give me something different. Give me something fast. Give me somebody who can run. Give me somebody who can rush the passer because that's something that has been absent from this defense for a while. Speaking of being able to rush the passer, uh, the defensive line, at least in theory, looks to be like the strongest point of the defense right now. Uh, you've got... Demarcus Lawrence on one side. You've you're, you've added pieces. You've got Neville Gallimore who showed out during last season when he got on the field, and then on top of that, Randy Gregory is back. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I noticed, especially in listening to a recent interview and reading an, an article on Randy Gregory, is how much it seems he's matured after going through everything that he's gone through. Yeah, I mean. You know, Randy's had uh, a, a difficult NFL career, certainly compared to most people. Um, and, you know, you can get into, you know, the details of that. Obviously, everybody knows his story. But, um, you know, Mike McCarthy even said it during the team's minicamp a couple of weeks ago. This is literally the first offseason he's had where he's been around throughout all of it since his rookie year because he's always been had, he's always had to stay away because of suspensions and the way that rules and uh, procedures used to operate in the league. And so... Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I can't stress enough how much I and, you know, a lot of people are rooting for Randy and, and I, I yes, want to see him have success. The, the only thing, you know, that I see in conversations about Randy, and we just put a video up on our YouTube channel, Blog of the Boys, on the defensive ends on the team this, um, you know, entering training camp. But I, I think it's risky to count on him as a football player. Like, I'm to- I totally am, am rooting for, you know, his, his continued rise off of the field. But, that cannot be your plan. That cannot be your legitimate football plan. If he offers you anything, great. And I think there's certainly something for him to offer. But it's been so long since he's had, again, to, to the point, you know, uh, an entire offseason to work. And maybe yeah. that does, you know, turn into something really legitimate that you can trust week in and week out. But that's a really bold thing to bet on when it comes to the football of it all. 
And, you know, other than that, like, I agree with you. The defensive line is probably their strongest overall element on the defense. But, like, they really didn't add that many ends. I mean, like, it's Demarcus Lawrence. It's Randy Gregory. They added Terrell Basham, Carlos Watkins, who played for your Texans pledge. Yep. Uh, they, they drafted Chauncey Golston. They drafted Bradley and I last year. But, like, that's the one. I mean, you know, they added some interior defensive linemen, obviously, and Brent Urban. And they drafted, you know, a couple of them. But they added a linebacker, a top linebacker, Micah Parsons. They added a lot of safeties in free agency, lower quality ones. They drafted, obviously, two, three corners. I mean, the, the edge rush position is the only one they kind of ignored. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I don't know that they have enough in terms of what's already on their roster to really go at it this season. So outside of uh, Micah Parsons, you know he's going to come in and get a lot of time, a lot of rotation. Who do you expect to be the next rookie that makes the biggest impact? You know, um, it might be the other linebacker. It might be Jabril Cox because Jabril Fair. Cox is probably, yeah. probably the best coverage linebacker on the team. Um, and that's the element that's most missing from this team. I yeah. mean, um, you, you look at, obviously, other linebackers in the NFL and, and how they play in space, and that's not something that Leighton Vander Esch or Jalen Smith could do. And mm-hmm. um, So Jabril, I think Micah Parsons will, will kind of automa- not automatically be, you know, somebody who takes a lion's share of the snaps, but that will happen sooner rather yeah. than later. Mm-hmm. I do think that Jabril Cox will kind of play his way onto the field. I think he'll play Jalen and Leighton out of jobs. Yeah, he's um, that good. Yeah, I mean, and they're that bad. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 yeah. it's like, you know, it, it's just it's a it's a it's a, it's a matter of time before long. before the, the the coaching staff can't do that on the regular, which is you know just the unfortunate truth of it all. Behind Jabril Cox, mm-hmm. some uh, another rookie that I. I kind of expect maybe more than I should from is Nashawn Wright. From what I've heard with what he did throughout minicamp and OTAs, he he seemed like he was making plays within that defense mm-hmm. on the regular. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's somebody who uh, a lot of people are excited to eat some crow about. You know, the moment he got drafted, there was a lot of like, who is this, whatever. Um, I'll I raise did my it here. Right. I did a hit with uh, with our buddies at Central Texas, uh, and, and our guy Q has been all over him. He's the only person I know that has been like a supporter of Nishan right from the very beginning. Uh, so, I mean, all, all credit to him for kind of, you know, shooting his shot in that sense, or calling his shot, rather. And, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know that the opportunities will be there right away for him to make a super huge difference, but I do think that he is, is going to be much better than anybody thought, which isn't saying much. But that's exciting. Like, he might be somebody that proves the Cowboys to be right, which uh, there hasn't been a lot of. I mean, the Cowboys have killed, you know, their first-round picks, obviously, as everybody knows. But they they do not have that, that, that same success in the later rounds. And this isn't even a late round. This is a third-round pick. I mean, they had three third-round picks. And Deshaun Wright was the one they got from the Byron Jones contract, the compensatory pick. So there is a lot of pressure on him, certainly in a lot of different ways, to perform. RJ Ochoa blogging the boys. You can follow him on Twitter at RJ Ochoa. Last thing before we go, with the addition of that 17th game, what do you consider a successful season for Ezekiel Elliott? Oh, man. Um, I mean, that's tough. Um, I mean, because, like, the team's success, I don't think really depends on him. No. Um, And so... I mean, if you're, if you're measuring, like, if he rushes for a thousand yards, like, does that really mean anything? No. I mean, it's cool. Um, but I mean, I don't know. If, 
if we really, you know, have to put some sort of like statistical season numbers on it, maybe 1200 yards, you know, maybe, it, maybe 10 touchdowns. He doesn't score a lot. Like he doesn't score as much as yeah. you think he does. Um, and so he, he's, this is way more vague and ambiguous, but he's got to make a difference. Like he, yes. he hasn't, he hasn't been a difference maker in a long time. And that's really what the success is going to be tied to. And lastly, because I got one more thing, and because it's you, and you brought up an article on this on Blogging the Boys, and I knew you would. The NFL changing the helmet rule to allow for the throwbacks and the alternate helmets and the old school design. How excited are you, A, to see those big stars on the shoulder pads and the white helmets again on Thanksgiving? Yes. And also, which throwback uniform outside of the Cowboys are you most looking forward to? So I haven't actually said this anywhere um, because like I, because people people are like, oh, RJ, you're pumped about the throwback uniforms, and I am, but I actually really don't like the helmet that much. And the reason I don't is because I love the silver helmet so much. So, and you're, so you're talking like, the white cowboy helmet? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like, I love the overall uniform, and I love that it's, like, Thanksgiving. Like, yeah. I love that it's this kind of special occasion thing. Uh, but it is still one less opportunity to wear the silver helmet. So, like, sure. that's the only thing that, that, that bothers me about it. Um, but, yeah, I'm really pumped. And I, I'm more pumped, to your point, Pledge, about seeing other teams do it. Um, I mean, I'm, I want to see the Eagles wear Kelly Green. Like, that is such a great look. Ugh. I want to see the Buffalo. With I want to see the with Bills. With the double wing helmet? Yeah. I, I want to see the Bills rock the 90s Reds. Like, I, I really want to see that. Um, I really want to see the Seahawks throw back the, the silver yes. helmets. Yeah. Um, I also like. I know this would hurt you, pledge. I want to see the Titans wear the Oilers throwbacks, mm-hmm. but I want to see not the, the powder, ones they the wear. Powder blue ones. No, not the I ones they wear because they wear the real ones. They wear a, yeah. a blue, a, a baby blue helmet with a white. Well, yeah, neck, with a white which rig. Is dumb. No, no, no you need and the, the baby old blue school with red white helmet with the blue Derek with the blue and white or uh, red and blue stripes down the middle. Yeah, see, like, I would buy that helmet just because, like, I want one. Um, and, and like, this isn't a throwback helmet, but I also want to see, like, some other helmets utilized. Yeah. Like, I, wa- I want to see some, like, some college football bleed over, like, some specialty things brought up. And in that spirit, I have said this a few places. I Pledge, you mentioned a blue helmet. I kind of want to see the Colts wear a blue helmet. Like, okay. just invert the colors. Like, yeah, a blue helmet, I'd be there for that. White, white, horseshoe, white horseshoe, white helmet, white mask. It. Um, I, I just like, part of me wants to see that. Like I, yeah. I don't, and because like some of the Colts like polos and stuff, they have a white yeah. horseshoe and I, and I think that's dumb because they have two different <laughs> logos ultimately because it's, yeah. you should have one logo. Um, and it's, it doesn't get to change colors, but so I, if you're going to have a white horseshoe, you should use it somewhere, put it on a helmet and let's, let's at least see it. Let's just see it one time. Um, and see if we like it. And if we don't, Hey, that's fine. If we do cool. Uh, but I'm not that pumped about Pat the Patriot. I'm no, not that pumped no. about about the creamsicles. See those are uh, the creamsicles. The creamsicles are sick. I need to see the those. The creamsicle and the the old school '90s Broncos helmet. The For blue me, one with the D and yeah, the horse jumping. That one's out. nice. For me, my favorite that I need to see is the powder blue Chargers. I need that one. That is. I do. So I do nice. also. Speaking of the Chargers, I I want to see the Navy Chargers because like they have such so many great combinations. They, they now. wear that one already though. That's but like they, a not, alternate. Not with the Navy helmet. True. Like, not with the Navy see, helmet. Like, I want to see the LT Chargers. That's what I really want right. He is RJ Ochoa. He is our original Rock the Mic champion and. 
the original co-host of the Saturday Morning Hangover. He is here on the Blitz with us. You can follow his stuff at RJ Ochoa on Twitter or just read his articles online at bloggingtheboys.com. RJ, thanks as always for the time. Y'all have a great weekend or else. Much love. You too, brother. (laughs) Coming up next here on the Blitz. What is it? Where are, where are we? There you go. It's, f- it's five. It's five thirty. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got the outro. Coming right, up though. next. Coming up next. It is the Blitz, <laughs> not the Saturday morning hangover. We're going to be talking about those throwbacks, but also, what's your favorite All Star Game festivity? Is it the dunk contest? Is it the home run derby? Is it something else? Let us know. Kielbasa Bacon phone line six five six ESPN six five six three seven seven six, or you can hit us up on Twitter. He is at Jack underscore Thompson. 33. I am at I am Ledger, or you can tweet at the station at ESPN underscore SA plus coming up in the next out or the next segment. Get your phones ready. Hit me up. Get your get your phones ready and then dial it because we're giving away pit bull tickets. That's dial right. It. Right here on the Blitz, twelve fifty ESPN San Antonio, ninety four five FM and on the go at ESPNSA.com. to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use hubspot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier imagine this high quality leads fast closing deals wildly happy customers and more benchmark breaking quarters it's not a miracle it's hubspot visit hubspot.com to get started today